0: Amen, amen. Well, good morning, church. It's great to welcome you here this morning. And it's great to see some that we haven't seen for a little while. There was a couple I was talking to earlier saying it's just time to get back. And uh, what a wonderful day to come back and be a part of this community of faith on this particular Sunday of May 29th. So we welcome each and every one of you. Still want to acknowledge those that are online. It's just great to be able to engage with you in this way as well. Just to be able to be celebrating the Lord and who He he is and what He's done for each and every one of us. So, welcome. Well, we're in this series on the Lord's Prayer, which is all about this deep, intimate connection with our God. And we've been looking at it somewhat verse by verse, which really provides us with solutions to some of the largest struggles, the anxieties, the challenges, and even the distractions that we face in life. Richard Foster, the great great theologian and, 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 and writer of a, some incredible books that Glenn and I have read, some around practices of, of the spiritual discipline, he said this with regards to distraction. Distraction is the primary spiritual problem in contemporary culture. Frankly, when we are perpetually distracted, we are unable to discern the of Yahweh, that is the voice of God. Now, I don't know about you, but my tendency sometimes when I get down to my knees or get down on the, the knees of my heart to pray, I'm distracted. Do you ever anybody feel that or experience that? Your mind begins to wander, right? I've got a little post-it note or a little pad beside me, such that a thought that comes to my mind, I want to write it down because I don't want to forget, it. I don't want it to distract me. But distractions are a part of life. And what Foster is saying here is that we can struggle so very, very much through those distractions in life because of, it, it removes us from that intimate connection with God because we're thinking about so many other things. And as a result, we miss the call Yahweh, the voice of God. We started this series with our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And this phrase is really this, this prayer of acknowledgement, understanding who this God is that we are bowing the knee, bowing the knee of our heart, bowing our heads, having that posture before Him, that we're acknowledging who He is as our Father. And we talked about the kind of Father that He is, and that we should not be comparing Him with the, our earthly Father experience, because as earthly fathers, we fall short. But rather, we serve and pray to a Father that's fully competent, caring, close, consistent, compassionate, and capable. You can go on and on and on. But then last week, Glenda shared with us a beautiful message on, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's the prayer of surrender. And she talked about several ways that we can surrender to God. To let let him fully be in control, learn to be content, Lay our our plans down. It's really just about leaving the future up to God because he's the one that created the world, created you, and knows what the future has to hold, even though we don't know what the future has to hold. He does. And as we surrender, our levels of anxiety just seem to lessen. They begin to be reduced. Earlier this week, I read one of Dallas Willard's versions of the Lord's Prayer. Now, he makes it clear that it is not a definitive rendition, but it's a paraphrase that he uses along with other ones as well that helps to highlight elements of the Lord's Prayer. He suggests that if we paraphrase the prayer from time to time, its richness lends itself to meditation. And this was one of the paraphrases that he came up with. Dear Father, always near us, may your name be treasured and loved. May your rule be completed in us. May your will be done on earth in just the way it is done in heaven. Give us today the things we need today. Remember that. Give us today the things we need today and forgive us our sins and impositions on you as we are forgiving all who in any way offend us. Please put us Please don't put us through trials, but deliver us from everything bad. Because you are the one in charge. You have all the power, and the glory, too, is all yours, forever, which is just the way we want it. What a wonderful paraphrase of that Lord's Prayer. And so this week, what we're going to do is is speak into this, what he said, give us today the things we need today. Or, as you know it, give us today our daily bread. It's the prayer of dependence or the prayer of trust that we're offering when we say that statement when jesus speaks of of the bread here he's really talking about a few things it represents first and foremost the necessities of life those those physical needs that are part of life daily we need water to live don't we daily we need air we need sunshine to live We need nourishment to live. It's the necessities of what your physical bodies actually need to be able to be sustained. Shortly after instructing his followers how to pray, Jesus talked to them about how to deal with anxiety. But he includes this reality of how he provides for our needs. And he says this in Matthew 6, 25, just a few verses after the Lord's Prayer. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, here it is, what you'll eat, or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. It's interesting that preceding in the Lord's Prayer, this statement that we're going to be looking at today, give us today the things in which we we need today, give us today our daily bread, he speaks about, he appeals for the kingdom of God to come. And the understanding of the beauty of what that is, to continue to seek first that kingdom and that understanding of who he is and what's going to be coming before us as we seek our daily bread. So bread first represents the necessities of life. What we need for physical health, but well, there's more than that. There's a, there's a spiritual implication. This bread also makes reference to God's word as being the bread. It's your spiritual needs. Bread is the symbol really, of the Bible, which is our spiritual food. Scripture tells us that God has met our, our greatest spiritual need, that, that of our forgiveness and the need for restoration through Christ. And the word of God informs of us of, of this truth, which represents our spiritual bread. Jesus actually calls himself, doesn't he, the bread of life. We read in, in John six thirty five, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. God is the bread that satisfies all our spiritual hunger. Matthew 4 and 4 says this, people do not live by bread alone, but here it is, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. By every word. By every word that comes from the mouth of God. Real life comes by feeding on every word that the Lord has for us. Just as much as you need physical food for your body, you need spiritual food for your soul. You need that soul food. You need truth in your life to live by. And then it represents one other thing. It represents your physical needs. It represents your your spiritual needs, but it also represents your eternal needs. Salvation. Jesus chose, right, bread to represent His sacrifice. In Luke 22, 19, it tells us that he took a loaf of bread and when he thanked God for it, he broke it and gave thanks saying, this is my body. This is my body given for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. Jesus actually uses the bread as a symbol of this ultimate sacrifice. And then he also uses the the juice or, or the wine for the blood. It's to remind us how much he loves us and the sacrifice that he made for us And how he paid for our ticket to heaven. So when we ask God for our daily bread, we're humbly acknowledging him as the soul giver of all our needs. And I think for some of us, it can be hard for that to be really registering in our hearts and our minds to realize that he is going to provide all of our needs. Now, not all of our greeds, but all of our needs in life. Here's the point. Whatever your need is, whether it's that physical need, and within physical, I'll, I'll include emotional, relational, all the things that are part of our physical world that are part of us, or whether it's eternal needs or spiritual needs, whatever, whether it is your body, your mind, your soul, or your spirit, God says, I'm going to take care of that. You can depend on me. Give us this day our daily bread includes all those facets of life, the entirety of what you experience from day to day. So what does it mean? What does it mean to actually depend upon God? If we're going to read this Lord's Prayer, we understand that we're acknowledging Him as our Father, we're depending upon Him, we're surrendering to Him, and now we come to this dependence, this trust factor. What does that actually mean for us as His children? Three things. God depends. Depending on God means seeing God as our source. Seeing God as the source. That's the first step. Everything that you see in this world and everything that we can't see in this world comes from God. He's the source of everything. He's the source of air, light, water, molecules, atoms. Everything that you've got is from God as the source. And as we acknowledge God as the source, we need to remember a couple things. That all those things that I just listed are all gifts that God has given to you and I. Nothing you and I receive can be earned. We can't earn air. We can't earn water or even life itself. But it's something that God has given to us. It's a gift. The Bible tells us in the book of James, chapter 1, every good and perfect gift is from above. The things that you and I so often take for granted each and every day as we wake up in the morning, we wipe the sleep from our eyes and we take that big breath, that's from God. That's a gift. That's providing you the dependency on him and the necessities of life. In the Lord's Prayer, we, we see this word give. Give unto itself. Give us today our daily bread represents that it's a gift. It's not something that's earned. So seeing God as my source is not only a gift, but secondly, there's nothing that I need that God can't provide. And as we mature in our relationship with him, we're going to see that more and more and more. Everything that you and I need, God is willing to provide. He's the supplier of everything. In Philippians 4, verse 19, it says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. God has unlimited resources. Isn't that wonderful to know? Unlimited resources. There's enough for all the need in the world. But there's not enough for all the greed in the world. And we live in a culture, and we live in a society, and on this part of the world... We live in an environment of greed far more than need. And we wonder why God hasn't met this need or that. It's greed. God's given you everything that you need. Thirdly, God wants to give it. If we look at him as our source, it's not only a gift. It's not that he can't provide because he can but God also wants to give it to us. No matter what you're needing in life, God wants to give it to you. Matthew 7, 11 says, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? If my kids, when they were younger, would come up to me and say, you know, Daddy, I'm hungry. As an even an imperfect father, a sinful father, I'm not going to give them a piece of rubber to chew on. Go to town on that. I'm going to give them food. I'm going to want to give to them because they're my children. Well, how much more where our Heavenly Father, who's a perfect Father, will provide every need because he wants to give it? And then we need to remember that he's waiting on us. Sometimes we don't have, we don't receive because we don't ask. We don't ask. Not, it tells us in James 4 too, you do not have because you do not ask God. Scripture talks about ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. He says, whatever you ask for in my name, in my name I will do it. Over and over we're told to ask God. And God says, I want you to look to me as the source of all your needs in your life. So here's my question to you this morning Who's your source? Or what is your source? Is the federal government your source? Is any political leader your source? Is the stock market your source? Mutual funds your source? Is your job your source? Friends, we need to look. When we're coming back back to this whole Lord's Prayer, we need to understand that that God is the source. This is what Jesus is saying as he's teaching his, his followers and each one of us what it's all about. This is how you pray, looking and admitting that God is the source of your life. No person will be able to meet your needs. No spouse, no parent, no girlfriend or boyfriend will be able to meet your needs in life. It's the bottom line. Only God is the ultimate source. He's the only one that can meet all of your needs. So what does it mean to depend on God? Seeing him as my source. That it's a gift, that he can provide it, that he wants to give it, and he's waiting for us to ask for that. So often we'll ask for things that aren't necessarily needs, but greeds. The second thing, though, what it means to depend on God is that we need to trust him for today. Give us today our daily bread. Not for next week, not next month, not next year, just one day at a time. God says, I'm going to make this really simple for you. When you pray, just ask for your needs for that day to be met. He didn't say, give us this month, did he? He didn't say, give us this year our daily bread, but give us today our daily bread. So how do you trust God? One day at a time. That's how you trust Him. One day at a time, you trust God. Don't look too far into the future. Don't look at next week or next month or next year. I'm not saying that you don't plan. But you look at God meeting your needs today. And how does he do that? My wife's favorite verse, Philippians 4. Chapter 4, verse 6, and we're going to go to 8. It says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, thanking Him for all He has done. And verse 8, and fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about these things that are pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and worthy of praise. In in these couple of verses, he gives us this clear direction on on how are we going to trust him for today. And he outlined that beautiful statement as worry, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about nothing. Don't worry about it. He says, I'm going to take care of things. Friends, this is one of the hardest commands in the Bible for for me to sometimes obey. Because it is a command. Don't worry Anybody here struggle with that? Thank you. Some honest people and others that are dishonest. (laughs) We all can struggle with that. I don't have any difficulty with murder. I can handle that. I don't murder. I can do everything. I won't steal anything. I'm okay with that command. I I can love other people, as Christ said. But when it comes to this, don't worry about anything. I can struggle with that. In Matthew 6, 34, it says this. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. And here it is again. Live one day at a time. Live one day at a time. We lose lose so much beauty of the day in which we're living in because we're worried about the next day and it hasn't even arrived yet. You ever find yourself locked into that pattern of life? Or looking at next week or next month or next year, trying to plan and plan. And I'm not ignoring, suggesting that we don't plan here. But sometimes we miss out on the blessings that God has for us in the here and now. And you take a look at Jesus' life. He lived it each and every day for the here and now, in the moment. And so many moments we miss because we're focusing on the future. It's wonderful that... Every time God seems to give like a negative, he says, you know, don't worry, right? Don't worry about anything. He gives you then a, the positive. And he says, pray about everything. Pray about everything. So don't do this, do this. Pray about everything. This is the alternative. God says, I don't want you to worry. I want want you to pray to me. I'm your heavenly Father that's compassionate, that's caring, that's capable, competent. I want you to come to me. I want you to pray about everything. You've heard us say it before that we either are praying or we're panicking. We're either worrying or we're, we're worshiping. And when we worry, we talk to ourselves. But when we worship, We talk to God. Because as we're presenting our requests, that's part of worship because we're acknowledging who he is as our Lord, as our Father, as the one that cares for us. Worry has never solved any problem. Not one problem has ever been cured by worry. Romans 8.32 says this. This would be a very familiar passage of Scripture. Scripture. Since God did not spare even his own son for us, but gave him up for us all, won't he also surely give us everything else? What's, he, what's the Roman? He's saying this. God has given you the greatest of solutions in providing you a way to get to heaven. And if God has provided the solution to get to heaven, guess what? He's going to resolve and solve all your other needs in life. He's not going to leave you hanging. He's going to take care of those needs. Pray about everything. And then he goes on he says, don't worry, pray, but give thanks. This in of itself is a sermon. Thank God in all things. Thank him for all he's done. In 1 Thessalonians it says, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now it doesn't say, for all things give thanks. But it says, in everything give thanks. God is not expecting us to give thanks for the evil in our world. For the incidences, the conflict, the abuse, the shootings of these last couple of weeks that have taken place in the U.S. God's not saying to give thanks for those. But God says in everything give thanks. Why? Why is that? Because I know that God is going to take care of me Even in light of everything that's gone on around me. So I give thanks. God, I'm I'm putting my trust in you, I'm depending upon you as the source is going to lead me through these situations that life brings. Because we live on a broken planet, and there's a lot of evil in this world. I know it's going to meet my needs. And then he says in that verse to think about the right things. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything, thank God in all things, and then think about the right things. If you're filling your mind with worries, you're going to find yourself down. You're going to find yourself depressed. You're going to find yourself discouraged. You're going to find yourself feeling defeated when you focus on the worries of life. He says here, fill your mind with right things. Those things that are going to lift you up. He's saying, you know, focus on that self-care that's going to find encouragement for you. that That are going to be positive realities for you to experience. And then he begins to list these. He says, fix your thoughts on what's true, honorable, right, what's pure and lovely and admirable, what's excellent, what's worthy of praise. And, and where do you find those things to think on? Where do you find those things? Facebook? Magazines? Netflix. <laughs> Absolutely. i spend spent enough time on Netflix. I should find some... Com- no, no. Movies? No. In the scriptures, these are recorded in God's word. Fix on the things. And that's once again why we go ahead and as a church we continue to invite people into these, these Bible applications, these You version or Lecteo 365 experiences because that's where you're going to find the things that are pure, lovely, admirable, and excellent which are worthy of praise. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep... In perfect peace, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You want peace of mind? Fix your thoughts in the right direction. Fix your thoughts on the Heavenly Father, the one that we can depend on. And then I close with this. There's a third key in depending on God. Yes, as our source, absolutely. The fact that we can trust him for today But the third is this, to share whatever he supplies. To share whatever he supplies. You notice he doesn't say, give me this day my daily bread. It says, give us this day, what? Our. Our. It's collective. Our daily bread. We're to share it. Why does God want us to share? Why do we teach our children when they're younger to share? What is the value of sharing one with the other? It actually makes us more like God himself because he's a generous God. And we're to become more and more like his son Jesus Christ. Didn't the word say God so loved the world that he what? Gave. He shared his one and only son. God says, I want you to learn to love. And love is all about sharing as a body. What we need to understand is this, that what God gives to me, he wants to give through me. Read that again. What God gives to me, he wants to give through me. It's not just for my own ownership, but it's for the purpose of sharing it with somebody else. It's a very important principle. God is looking for people that he can bless the world with. No matter how much you've got, you can be generous, friends. You can bless others. And then Proverbs 22.9 says, A generous man will himself be blessed, for he shares his food with the poor. Many of you would be aware that there's a, a beautiful story in the Scriptures where a woman had not much. She just had a couple of pennies, and yet she gave it all away. A generous giving spirit you know friends it's a myth it's a myth that we don't have enough to give even with the even with the increasing of prices we still have lots we have lots to give to those around us you can always give something God says when you share I'm going to open the door of blessing in your life but here's another important truth as it relates to sharing what he supplies When I meet others' needs, God will take care of mine. And a beautiful portion of scripture that really emphasizes this is Isaiah 58, 7 and 9. It says this. Share your food with with the hungry and and bring poor, homeless people into your own homes. When you see someone who has no clothes, give him yours. And don't refuse to help your own relatives. And now listen to this. So you're giving, listen to what happens. Then your light will shine like the dawn, and the wounds will quickly heal, and your wounds will quickly heal. Your God will walk before you, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then you will call out, and the Lord will answer. Will you call out? And he will say, here I am. He's saying, you got extra food? Give it away. You got some clothing that can help somebody else? Give it to them. And you're going to see the favor of God. You're going to see the light of God begin to descend upon you. And you're going to experience not just the blessings of giving, but the blessings of life because he's going to meet your own needs. And then finally, when I begin to give, God multiplies it. It's all tied into this dependency upon God. If if I give God my talent, guess what he's going to do? He's going to multiply it. If I give God my energy, guess what he's going to do? He's going to energize me more. If I give God my money, he's going to multiply it. Wherever I give to God, he's going to multiply it. And we all know the story of the feeding of the 5,000 of that little boy that brought the loaves and the fishes. And what did God do? He multiplied it. And they had leftovers. Whatever I give to God, he multiplies. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11-1, cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. This is a principle that says whatever you give to God, he's going to multiply, and he's going to give it back to you. Friends, as a church, we've experienced some of this. As an individual, as your pastors, Glenn and I have experienced this, the way in which God continues to give back, for the way in which God continues to provide. He continues to provide and meet our daily needs. But it's our responsibility to continue to look to him as the source and to be dependent upon him. Give us this day our daily bread. Friends, I don't believe there's a better time to model this as a community of faith than right now in the world in which we live. To trust God, to see him as our source, to live for him, to trust him day by day, to share whatever God gives us. And I really want to challenge you to open up your heart to Christ. And yes, acknowledge him and then allow these areas in your life to be lived out so it's God honoring to him. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come on up as we begin to just wind down but first and foremost to acknowledge what he wants to give to us as bread today as we begin to fully embrace what this bread is all about. The physical needs and the spiritual needs and the eternal needs. Friends, this message of the gospel, this message of of the Christian life is not just for us to hear. It is to share. And I know some of us can share in ways, maybe some can share a little bit more verbally, Others can share more practically. Others can share more emotionally. But we can all share to those that are around us. Our dependence on God is to be able to then help us to show how we live that dependence then out to others. Such that the gospel message can continue to be shared to those that are in reach of our voice. We're going to sing together. I'm going to ask Kim if she would just start playing. We're going to pray. Father, we are so grateful for this incredible Lord's Prayer that you taught us. It's much broader and deeper than we really realize, particularly as we've memorized it and we can recite it with relative ease. And we can lose then the context of some of what this these particular phrases actually represent. Father, I pray today, as was spoken earlier, for those that have been hurting amongst us, that you would give them today what they need, that they would understand that you are this amazing source. so we trust in you and we just give ourselves over to you just now our hands are are opened up, our hearts are receptive our minds want to receive the understandings that we don't need to worry but we need to pray that we need to think on the right things we need to give thanks oh God Continue to remind us as we go through this coming week of who you are and the bread that feeds our souls. Thank you, Father. Lead us on now, for I pray in the name of Christ. And everybody said, amen.